This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, it's another blown third period lead for the Edmonton Oilers, but this time they don't even get a point. It is Chicago racking up five goals against a lifeless Oilers team in the third. 6-2 Blackhawks win it live. Here's head coach Ken Hitchcock. Storm after two. They were coming at us pretty good in the second two. They were building their game, and we, were, we started strong and went the other way. And uh, I didn't see the third period coming, but we paid for not managing the puck. Did you get an explanation on why you didn't, that, that wasn't goaltender interference? It looked like Talbot was hooked up with Brown. And- yeah, he, he said that the goalie had time to recover position. So, um, Pulling Cam at that spot, was it kind of, were you not happy with the, the goals or were you, it was just more of trying to get the team to kind of regroup and... Well, I was trying to get a timeout without a timeout, so just trying to do something. So, thanks. That's it. Not a lot from Ken Hitchcock tonight. His comments presented by GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. So the Oilers were up two-one after two periods. Here's how it shook down in the third. You had Hayden scoring at 350, Strom at 523, Kane at 551. That's the one the Oilers challenged. And then Talbot got pulled after that. And then a familiar face, Drake Kajula, scores for the Blackhawks. So in the span of 2 minutes and 48 seconds, the Oilers go from a 2-1 lead to a 5-2 deficit. Well, they set a team record, not a good one. That is the fastest four goals ever scored against the Edmonton Oilers. The previous record was 319 on January 25th, 1990 against the Los Angeles Kings. And oddly enough, the Oilers won that game 7-6. And then Cahoon added one later in the period. The shots in the third period were 14-4 for Chicago. And the Oilers basically didn't threaten the entire period. We're live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Yeah, uh, ugly. Um, and and I, I agree with Hitch. I did not see that coming. Uh, I was talking with, with Jack Michaels between periods, and we thought Cam Talbot was locked in. And I, and I actually said at the end of the period with you that the Oilers have a, a very good chance of closing this out because I thought Talbot was the better of the two goaltenders going into the third period. Uh, the Oilers didn't get a save. They didn't create anything. Their body language uh, lagged as, a, as that two and a half minutes uh, turned a, a lead into a big deficit. Uh, and then you could see the 
the frustration show the remainder of the game because they just you know, not not quit, but they just all energy was out of them. They they were zapped, and I think they were completely baffled by the the chain of events that that occurred there. It, but the, one of the things that we we've seen this year is is the Oilers don't have a lot of depth on the wings and when they split their three centermen up as they have done the last couple of games it's hard to keep momentum going one way uh, they'll be scoring opportunities that aren't finished and the Oilers are a team right now that needs to outscore their mistakes because defensively they are making a lot of mistakes they they turn the puck over they lost coverage uh, the one I mean the Kajula goal is a great example of what the Oilers have been a, as of late they had four Edmonton Oilers within five feet of the net no, one of them took Drake Kajula. I mean, he, he was standing there, and he stood there for a good three, four seconds. So the Oilers had guys back, but had absolutely zero idea of, of who to pick up or where to go. And in their own zone tonight, the Oilers really, really struggled, and the Chicago Blackhawks uh, certainly took full advantage of it. Well, it's, it, it's such a, a lame playoff race, to, <laughs> to put it in, in no other words. I mean, you still got Vancouver with 54. St. Louis now has won three in a row. They're up to 53. Colorado, 52. Uh, Edmonton and Arizona, 51. Now, I mean, it's, it, it's looking bleak for the Oilers when they play a game like this, and, and they still got to pass a whole bunch of teams. But, you know, again, if the Oilers could be performing a little better and it would still be quite poorly and they could be in a playoff spot they are 2 and 10 in their last 12 home games if they were 4 and 8 that's still a bad home record bad yeah, home record but they, you could that, say that about the Colorado well, Avalanche I know, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. all bad home teams they're yeah. all actually bad home teams all yeah. these teams in the race and now they're winless in 6 they're 0 4 and 2 in that span and and you touched on it and what you were talking about the the three consecutive loss leads in the third period all kind of in a different way in Philadelphia, the, the, the power play sinks you. You lose in overtime. In Montreal, they, that was actually their best third period in this stretch. And uh, you have Koskinen miss the cover, and the goal goes in from a sharp angle. And then tonight, just, just a complete total collapse. And, and again, Rob, I think i got to ask and bring up, the, the, there are flaws in the roster, and the physical abilities of the players aren't, aren't good enough uh, for many of them. But you got to when it goes this bad in a period like this, you got to wonder what's going on between the years and, well, the, the, and the lack of confidence and and the, the commitment. I I don't know about the commitment, but there is certainly a lack of confidence, and it, it is all between the ears. Um, the Oilers, I believe, are in and around where where I thought they were going to be, and you and I talked about it. We thought they would be a second wild card team, and they're still two wins away from being that. Um, but they're not. There's players here that are not playing as well as they can, and, and there's players here that aren't being noticed for things that they're capable of doing. You know, you got your three stars who are consistent, more or less every game. You know what you're going to get out of those three guys. But there's a number of players that still. Uh, he, he, and, and if you're not scoring, bring something else. If you're not scoring, be physical. If you're not scoring, be a good defensive player. Get pucks in and out. And that's the thing that I think is frustrating for the coaching staff is they've got a number of players that just uh, they, 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 when they're in their own zone, it's like, uh, okay, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Well, they do know where they're supposed to be. 
and yet they're not there. They don't get pucks in. They don't get pucks out. Those are things that can win hockey games. Those little teeny things. I, I can tell you for a fact, because I've played from, if you were a guy, a winger, that every time the puck came on the boards to you, you got it over the blue line. Every time you got over center, you got it deep into a corner. Every time you had a chance to finish a check, you finished your check. If you did all those and never scored a goal, Ken Hitchcock would play you 15 to 20 minutes every single night because he would trust you. And I don't think he's got trust in a lot of players right now, and that's why you've seen a number of the lines being juggled game after game. So he thought, okay, maybe I'm going to keep the lines together for three games in a row. But what you're doing when you do that, five on five, you didn't notice a whole lot of Leon or out of Nuge today because when they moved the puck to their line mates, the plays were dying. And then in their own zone, the Oilers were just it, simply, the Oilers were a mess today in their own zone. 6-2, Chicago wins it. Uh, Edmonton did challenge that Blackhawks fourth goal for goaltender interference. We'll, we'll touch on this, Rob. It's not why the Oilers lost the game, but I, I know it's a discussion point for people. I, I don't know how this is going to be called. I, we saw no. we saw uh, Calgary have a goal disallowed for goalie interference. Dreisaitl did the same thing to an opposing goaltender like, that same week. I can't remember the same game. It counted. Calgary's didn't count. Um, we we were watching a game. Was it St. Louis? It was, it was St. Louis and somebody. I thought it might have been with Toronto. St. Louis, Ottawa. I it was yeah, something like that. Yeah. But there was a goaltender who was interfered with and scored on, and the goal was taken off and the interference was about five seconds before the goal and then tonight they said well Talbot had enough time to, to reset even though the he was getting his, his leg hooked it's I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on it because again this was not a, in any way a referee actually a lot of the penalty calls helped the Oilers yes, tonight yes. Uh, but that one just again didn't make sense to me and if they're not going to have a standard for goalie interference why have a challenge well to me in a, in a perfect world that should count because I don't think it, it impeded enough for him not to make a save. Having said that, we watched one, and, and the one that you're talking about, the St. Louis game, the goalie was hit. He got up, he reset himself, got ready for the shot, and then they scored. And it was it literally five seconds before. And he'd reset for three seconds, and they disallowed it. And we were like, okay, I don't understand the, drill, the, the rule at all. There is not a... That's why, again, I don't think the referee should make the call. I think it should be made in Toronto where there's two guys over the course year that make all the calls. Because at least now there's consistency, because there's none. Zero consistency with the referees making the call, because one guy sees it this way, another guy sees it that way. And... We're, we watch it over and over and over again, and we used to be pretty good at, you know, okay, that looks like it's going to be in, or that's, now we're guessing and we're completely wrong 90% of the time. So Talbot gets pulled after allowing that goal. He was clearly unhappy. Hitch yeah. said he was sort of looking for a, a, a timeout, and, and it's, I mean, what a turnaround. I mean, Talbot's having a really good game through 40 minutes, and then uh, less than six minutes into the third, he's, he's out of the game. What did you think about that decision? Well, it, the, the Strom goal, Give credit to Strom. When you're coming down a wing, you're always taught as a goal scorer, if you've got nothing, shoot the puck and use the defenseman as a screen. He put it right between Nurse's legs. But it's short side, top shelf. And then the next goal, it's a, it, it's not a hard shot, and it's a, a big rebound out goal. I mean, those are two goals right away. And so hitch, yeah, you need to send a message to your team. You're not happy. You need to somehow stem the flow because everything is going against you right now. So there you're calling a timeout. And, and frankly, uh, they didn't get a save that they needed. And the first 40 minutes, Talbot was sensational. But uh, no, I, I have no problem at all with Hitch doing that. I know that Talbot was not happy. You saw him go straight down the 
the, uh, the corridor, and he never came back to the bench, and there's probably frustration in his game as well. Um, but this game is not on the goaltending. This game is on the entire group because they were not good from top to bottom enough to win this hockey game. All right, 6-2 Chicago wins it. It was 2-1 Edmonton after first. All three goals in the first period were on the power play. Gustafson and then two for Dreisaitl, who's now up to 31 on the season. Connor McDavid, two assists. Nurse and Nugent Hopkins had the other assists, so familiar faces in on the goals for Edmonton. No scoring in uh, the second period. Talbot made a couple of good saves. Cam Ward made a beauty stop on Ty Ratty late in the second period. And then just all Blackhawks in the third. They score five times. They outshoot Edmonton 14-4. And uh, they're on a pretty good little run now. <laughs> they are, and... They, uh... Well, I think one, I, I mean, I don't watch enough Chicago games. I think one of the things that has changed, they've started playing Kane and Taves together. And Kane has been on fire playing with Jonathan Taves. And uh, they're a proud team. They've got a number of players that are, are superstars in this league and have been for a very, very long time. They're a team that's won Stanley Cups. I, I think beginning of the season when they struggled, goaltending was an issue for them. I'm not sure it's... It's lights out yet for them. McCam Ward made a huge save at a right, the right time today. And I think the Chicago Blackhawks, they had a run in them. I don't know if the run's going to be enough, but they have a run in. And every team right now has got to have some belief that they can make the playoffs in the Western Conference. The others right now are just as close to dead last as they are to a playoff spot. They're three points out of a playoff spot, three points out of dead last. Uh, to me, and I, and I said this, a month and a half, two months ago, to me, the, the team that scared me was the St. Louis Blues. I felt that when they got healthy, they would get on a roll, and they've been doing that. That's the team that I think is going to be the team to catch. It's it's really stunning what's what's happening this year. And this this could be one day you could look back on this year. Now, we don't know. Maybe some team goes on an amazing run and gets into, into the 90s for points. Vancouver has lost two in a row, four wins in its last ten. You mentioned St. Louis. They're the hottest team. They've won three in a row. <coughs> seven wins in their last ten. Colorado has lost four in a row. Arizona's lost two in a row, just four wins in their last, in their last ten. Edmonton ha is winless in six, officially in the standings. It's an L1, but, yeah. but winless in six, just two points. Three wins in their last ten. Okay, Chicago's doing well. Well, actually, they're five, three, and two in their last ten. So before, before yeah. this run, they hadn't done very well. And Anaheim, they've lost five in a row. And, and they're, they're still, still three, they're still three points. Not, out of not a only spot. they lost five in a row, they've been embarrassed in some of those games, like what, nine three six one, and they still get on a little winning streak. They could be a playoff team. So there's got to be belief, and I think that's the one thing that Bob was talking about after the game with Jack is somehow forget about this and find some positive. Uh, don't dwell on it because. In, in, you're three points out of being a playoff team. You're two wins away away from being in the playoffs. The problem for the Oilers, and and it's not just the Oilers. It's a problem for all the teams in this group now. There's a lot of teams in this group. So somebody's got to separate themselves. I think that uh, Dallas has righted their ship, yep. and they seem to be quite comfortably into the playoffs now. The Minnesota Wild, who had a big comeback point tonight in Buffalo, they've now got a little bit of room. But there's, what, six teams, seven teams that are going to be fighting for that second wild card spot. And the problem for all those teams is there's only one of them is going to be hot enough to, to do it. And right now that's the St. Louis Blues who have gotten healthy and are playing very good hockey. I watched them play tonight in, in between ours. They, they dominated in their game tonight. 
6-2 Chicago routing Edmonton tonight. Five goals in the third period. Let's go back down to the Oilers room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. A swing like that in his career. Just seem to have the game you guys right in there and then boom, it's just gone. Yeah, same type of thing as we've had the, the last couple games. Um, don't control a lot the, the first two and then um, you know, just go to sleep in the third. Not sure what that what that is. We haven't figured out. When it's going like that, can, what can you try and do at least to, to sort of yeah. them and do something? You know, we can talk all we want. Um, you know, guys try to talk, but you know, if, if uh, you know, we just gotta be find a way to grab it when it's going like that. Um, you know, have a, have a swing shift. Um, you know, get pucks in and, and find a way just to grind in the ozone and, and get some get some life back. Um, you know, it seems to, to, to build when when stuff goes wrong and you know, we never grab it. How frustrating is this for you? You've lost six in a row now at a crucial time of year. The playoffs are slipping away again. Uh, what's it feel like to be Conor McDavid right now? Uh, I'm not even going to answer that. You know how I feel. It's frustrating. All right, that's Connor McDavid. Well, very frustrating. 6-2 Chicago wins. It will also go into the Blackhawks dressing room later on. We're hoping to hear from Drake Kajula, courtesy of BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. So, Rob, where does it... I mean, he said there, you know, obviously, obviously we're talking to each other. Obviously, we know it's frustrating and, and we had a bad third period. Where does it start? Does there need to be a discussion with the players? Does Hitch need to come in and change the vibe, either do something really positive or, or go nuts or something like that? Um, I, I don't think that you need a, a Hitch coming in and telling the players what they already know. Um, I, I think it's tough because you, you get too hard on them and you get them down, the confidence is already shaken. You, you keep too positive while they continue to, continue to do the wrong things. They, they're there has to be a wake-up. And to me, it starts defensively. And I don't, and it, I don't think, and Connor McDavid mentioned it a while back, I don't think this team is strong enough offensively to be a team that can outscore their mistakes and win game 6-5. They have to be a team that's going to win 2-1 or 3-2. But to do that, then you've got to be a much better defensive club. And playing defense, it, it's not... You don't have to have the best players in the world to play defense. You just have to be committed to it. You've got to understand your role, and you've got to play it to, to your strengths. And the Oilers are doing Like, tonight, there's just too many huge mistakes. Their goaltending has not been good enough to cover up those big mistakes. So, for some reason, they've got to find an identity. And I don't know if the Oilers have an identity right now. They were supposed to be a big, tough, strong team. They don't play that way. Uh, they're not a, an offensive juggernaut. Because outside of three players, they've got absolutely zero consistent goaltending. They're not a, a team that is going to be a, a defensive specialist team that's going to, you know, lull you to sleep and then have the one goal, your, your star score goal to make it a 2-1 victory because they make too many big mistakes. So I, I think the first thing that Hitch has got to find is an identity of this team is what is your identity? What kind of team do you want to be? Because right now, I'm not sure the players know. So I think you can start from scratch there. The problem is you're 50-some games into yeah, a season. It's really, for- it's really tough to start from scratch when you're, you're where you are in the, in the season. But to me, it starts in their own end. The Oilers are not a good enough team right now in their own zone to be a playoff hockey club. 
6-2, Chicago winning it as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Blue Jackets over the Avalanche, 6-3. Couple of goals for Dubois in that game, up to 21 on the season. The Sharks get a shorthanded goal in overtime from Pavelski to knock off the Jets, 3-2. The Predators get by the Coyotes, 5-2. Golden Knights edge Tampa Bay, 3-2 in a shootout as Tampa Bay's record drops to 39-11-3. The Canadians over the Ducks, 4-1. Capitals beat the Canucks, 3-2. Hurricane shut out the Penguins, 4-0. Los Angeles wins on the road, 5-1 against the Devils. St. Louis, 3-2 winners against the Panthers. Sabres in a shootout, 5-4 over the Wild. And the Bruins get by the New York Islanders, 3-1. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Inside Studio 99. You can get us at 780-496-0063, and we'll go to Marco on the line. Marco, thanks a lot for calling. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. Quick question for you guys. With Bluff Nicholson saying we're a few key pieces away from being a successful team, and with watching the last couple games, do you guys think he's underestimating how much we need to fix as a team to become successful? Uh, I think they're... a. Personally, I think that there are a few pieces away from being maybe a wild card type team. I think they're a ways away from being a Stanley Cup contending team. That's how I would put that. I agree. And I mean, I think Bob Nicholson is also, uh, I mean, he's not going to show all his cards. He's trying to be optimistic. He's, he's going to be optimistic. Yeah. He's not going to come out and say, okay, you know what? We're in trouble here. I think he, I think there's a belief in the dressing room and there needs to be because uh, what I saw, I saw something today that the Oilers are the second highest salary cap team in the league. So there's, it's not like the Oilers can go out and make a big deal because they've got no, nowhere to put the new player if they brought one in. So they somehow got to find what they have in the dressing room and find a way to, to get an identity and find a way to start moving forward. Again, it, as bad as it has been for the last month, and it has been bad. Yep. They're three points out of a playoff spot, and some of the teams are trying to catch. I mean, they're trying to catch the Vancouver Canucks, who lost their best defenseman and are a 500 hockey club. So, I mean, it's, you don't have to... It's not like they're in the Eastern Conference where they're nine... They'd be over in the Eastern Yeah, they'd be over. Well, I think the second wildcard team in the Eastern Conference is nine games over 500. The second wildcard team in the Western Conference is 500. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but you do have to find a game because there will be a team or two that are going to go on a run. You want to be one of those teams. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a good question by Marco. I yeah. mean, I look at the Oilers and I, I say to myself, if they had a second line or a second power play unit or they got a few guys who have a few more goals well they're they're probably three or four wins better three to five wins and then you're in the playoffs you're you know ahead and you have these teams chasing but yeah for them to be they're a second and a third line and probably a deep pairing away from being an excellent team well again and 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 the goaltending hasn't been no. it's been mediocre to at below best. average this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably below average if you look at the state percentage. Well, look look at the, the Oilers' second line. Leon Dreisaitl was having a career year, like a career year. Like the Oilers could have two 40-goal scorers and another guy who could be close to a point a game in Nuge and, and miss the playoffs by eight points well, yeah. you know, or something. Well, Leon Dreisaitl, who's having a career year, his wingers tonight, one guy has not scored a goal this season. Right. And the other guy, Chason, hasn't had a goal. What's he got? One goal in his last 12 games? Uh, he's scoreless in 10 now. Yeah, so he's he got... He did get the shootout winner. Yeah, but, but 10 games without a goal. So that's your second line. Is, is one guy without a goal and another guy without a goal in 10 games playing with the guy who's having a, a, an all-star type season. And then Nuge is with Kara and Cassian 
who would to, be great fourth-line wingers. Yeah, well, and that's what they were brought here to be, fourth-line yeah. wingers. And they've had to move up to play with Brian Nugent Hopkins again. So now you got Nuge, who is a playmaker with no scores. So, in reality, I mean, there's those four wingers there. None of them are goal scorers. I mean, the four wingers of your second and third line are not goal scorers. And then your first line, Connor McDavid, who doesn't really need a whole lot because he creates so much on his own, but he's playing with a guy who's been waived and has been in the press box a lot this year and has more or less has been in the minors this whole year and another guy that had one goal or two goals in a calendar year. So that's, if you want to look at what's wrong with the others and why, they can't outscore their mistakes because when they split those three guys up, they've got no depth on the wings. 6-2, Chicago gets it going in the third. Five goals against the Oilers. I mentioned the Oilers set a team record, not a good one, for fastest four goals against. And that's one of those in this era. You wouldn't think that it would be topped. Uh, four goals in 248 for Chicago. Los Angeles in January of 1990 had four in 319 against the Oilers. And I mentioned the oddity of the night. It was a game the Oilers won. Well, 7 6. Those Oilers teams could outscore their mistakes. That's that. Yeah, and Gretzky was on LA. <laughs> that was time he? too. Well, yeah, he was traded in 88, so that was, oh, that's that right was too. in 90. If the Oilers ever get to five in a game, you can go to 630ched.com, the Oilers page, and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Edmonton South, downtown, north side, and Sherwood Park. That is the Japanese Village goal light. 6 2, Chicago taking it to Edmonton. Robert is at 780-496-0063. Hi, Robert. Hello, Robert. All right, I don't think we have him, but it is all right. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Denise says, uh, hi, Rob. Do you think Petrovich and Manning will get back into the lineup after the Oilers had such a tough game in their own end? Here's the problem with that is the Oilers' third pairing, uh, Benning and Gravel, were even on the game. So you're not going to pull out any of your top four. So if you if you pull those two out, and, and I always when I played, I always thought it was kind of funny as the team would lose a game or would struggle with a game, and the next game, next day they would send a guy off the fourth line down to the minors, and then they would switch up the fourth line. The fourth line really, in all honesty, has not a whole lot of outcome in hockey games. Neither in the third pairing. So the third pairing was fine tonight. That wasn't the issue in the in the game tonight. So. Uh, will they be in it to send a message to the rest of the team? Uh, possibly one of them. I don't think both will be in. But to me, I don't think Manning and Petrovich, I don't think either one of them are better than Gravel and Benning. So I wouldn't make the change. What do you think of Clef Bomb tonight? Tough to say? It's tough to say. I mean, I, I didn't notice any huge errors. Um, I thought he looked fine considering, I mean, he'd been out a long time. And uh, he looked fine. He'll be better next game. Well, they better be. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they need them to be. Uh, and the again, the Oilers' home record just continues to sink. Uh, they, the Oilers are a 500 road team, 11, 11 and 4, despite the disappointments on the weekend. Uh, now 12, 14 and 1 on home ice. And don't forget, at one point they were 10, 4 and 1, 2 and 10 in their last 12 at home. Just mind blowing. Well, that, that is not playoff hockey uh, caliber of team. Yet they're still in it. Which is honestly, it's scary when they've gone on a run as bad as this has been. The fact that they're still 
only three points out of a playoff spot. That's one way to stay positive. You come up, come. when you go to the game in Minnesota, you say, you guys, you know, honestly, you, you beat Minnesota tonight, and that's two points closer to a team that we're catching, and it's possible. All right, we can take more of your calls at 780-496-0063. You will hear from Oscar Clefbaum. We'll go into the Blackhawks dressing room as well. We'll have your save of the game, and we'll also finish the play. We have Steve coming up for that. We're going to take a quick timeout for the 1030 News along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630. A poor pass to Cahoon. Saad regained in front of back hitter. What a sprawling save made by Talbot. All right, that's the save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. Cam Talbot, very solid through two periods, and then everything for the Oilers falls apart in the third. Five goals for the Blackhawks, and they beat Edmonton 6-2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers back at it on Thursday in Minnesota. 4.30 face-off show on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 6. We have Steve on the open line. Steve, you're going to finish the play, but give us your thought of your question first. Hey, guys. Uh, hope all the evening's going well. Just a couple of things. I just wanted to know um, when their player is going to start being held accountable, most importantly, Lucic for his lack of play, and maybe when you would see Puyarvi maybe be sent down because it's just affecting his confidence, and he's just not ready to play at this NHL level. Um, when it comes to Milan Lucic, uh, I mean, they're doing. Uh, Milan had a little stretch where he had played better, and I think actually he's played better the last little while. Uh, but he, for, there was a while there where Hitch was using him 11 minutes a night. He was either the second or the, the least amount of minutes of any four. So he held, has been held accountable that way. I agree with you with Pugliarvi. Well, we've been saying that for quite a while that Pugliarvi's not ready to play in the National Hockey League. And it, it will affect a young player. When you're an offensive player and every day you're out there and it's not going in for you and then you're reading stuff, you're listening to stuff, it affects you. So, yeah, I think Pugliarvi would be better off in the minors playing 20 minutes a night and finding his game. All right, we're going to finish the play with Steve. We're hoping to put his name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental to Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Out to Dylan Strom. Tough pass to Dabrinkit. That might have actually been intended for Kane. It ricocheted to McDavid. He's in. Centers. All right, late in the second period, McDavid sets up Raddy. Goal or no goal? No goal. Out to Dylan Strome. Tough pass to Dabrinkit. That might have actually been intended for Kane. It ricocheted to McDavid. He's in. Centers. What a sprawling save made by Cam Ward on Ty Reddy. Yeah, brilliant save by Ward. And, you know, we talk about got to make the save at the right time. Oilers could have been up 3-1. Going to the third. Stays 2-1. And the Hawks blow him away in the final period. Well, well, you and I talked about that at the end of the the second period. We said if the the Blackhawks somehow find a way to get a point out of this game, we're going to look back to that save. And we also mentioned the fact that when he made the saves, the entire Blackhawk bench jumped up with a roar. They understood how big a save that was. And since it was at the end of a period, going into the break, the Oilers are thinking, okay, we could have extended this. And there's a little bit of a sag where the Blackhawks say, we're in this game. We have a chance to catch these guys in the standings tonight because of the save that Ward just made. Let's go out there and get something for them. So that save changed the complexion of the game. Changed It, it turned the game and gave the Chicago Blackhawks an opportunity, and they took full advantage. 
All right, Oscar Clefbaum missed the last 21 games. He returned tonight. Here he is. First one to get that out of the way. Um, yeah, it was nice to get it out of the way. Um, it was not our best effort, not even close to be good enough. Um, we left our goalies out to dry um, multiple times, and it was uh, it's not good enough. Um, simple as that. But there's only one way, and that's forward right now. We cannot just lay down and die right now. Uh, we got to come together as a group. And even if it's really tough right now, there's still many games to play, and and, and we got to come come together once again and 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 play a solid game because these games are so important right now. Um, so the game against Minnesota is going to be a huge uh, huge key key game for us to come back. It's a little demoralizing. You guys play so well for 40 minutes, and then it all kind of falls apart in the last in a stretch of like two minutes. Yeah, it's been like that now a couple of games, and we got to be better third period team. Um, even if we're down a goal or two, we got to find our find the group mentality to come back in third and play solid hockey game in the third. Uh, right now, it's been in multiple games. Um, we play solid for the first 40 minutes, and then we just. Uh, play a, a very bad third and um, that, that happened tonight unfortunately um, but like I said we cannot just lay um, just lay ourselves down and die we gotta come, come together as a group here and focus on the next game Clefbaum back in action played 20-56 minus one one shot on goal one blocked shot as the Oilers lose 6-2 on home ice to the Chicago Blackhawks. 780-496-0063. Our next guest is always entertaining, but he's going to have to adhere to a rule tonight. If he uses the word Patriots or Super Bowl, Kellen will hang up on him. Whoa, 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 whoa. It is Scott in Boston. Shut up, Rob. I make the rules. <laughs> okay. Am I on? You're on. Of course you're on, Scott. Uh, okay, I, I, will, I will adhere to that rule as long as you allow me to make a bunch of points. I'm thinking about 90 seconds. Go ahead. Because I am angry right now about Edmonton. I won't mention, whoops, I almost just did. I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, by the way, did I hear 26 below out there? That is ridiculous. Uh, Celsius, yeah, I think it's going to be minus 30. Oh, we do Fahrenheit here in Boston. Oh, we're Celsius. Yeah. Really? No joke. No, no, not even being sarcastic. You do Celsius there? There are only three countries in the, in the world, world that don't do Celsius, <laughs> and you guys are one of them. <laughs> anyway, I'm taking up your time. Oh, uh, yes, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mow through a few points, Reed. Oh, by the way, but when you're about to cut me off, cut me off 10 seconds earlier because I have a trivia question for Rob Brown which is half the reason I love calling I got one for him tonight it's been it's been fun alright hey, I think when, we have one and one I, when I want uh, here you, we go I'll, I'll prompt you when I want the trivia question so I'll give yeah, you no, 90 no, seconds yeah, now. yeah, yeah no ahead. joke alright here we go I'm pissed off this is unacceptable alright this this season is still salvageable I want to know why Hitchcock hasn't been fired I don't <laughs> care that he was hired this year get him out and you know what I would do who's in charge there Wayne Gretzky Keith Gretzky, who the heck's in charge? Keith Gretzky. Keith, Keith, I hope you're listening. You know what I want to see happen? Bench, put four down to Bakersfield and call up four 21-year-olds that are dying to play in the NHL. This team needs fire. The last time I asked if when's the last time there was a fight, the answer was December 12th. Has there been one since? In two weeks? A fight? Don't think uh, so. No, there wasn't. Nope. Don't think so. You, you follow me? The team is missing something, and as an Oiler fan, since I was literally four years old playing might hockey in Boston, it's so frustrating because the team has the ability to make the playoffs. Where's John Tortorella, Mike Keenan, Don Cherry? This team needs a coach with, I don't but know what you can say. At what, at what point, though, at what point is it not the coach and is it the players? 
I mean, these two coaches, these two coaches have 1,300 plus wins in the National anything, Hockey League. It does that mean something. It means, no, it it means they can coach in the National Hockey League and do a very Rob, good job of Rob, it. Rob, 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 I'll tell you what. It meant something maybe on their first 200 wins, but probably not their last 200 wins. No, no. 1,300 wins in the National Hockey Yes, these two knew how to coach. This, All right. This okay. is not on, this right. is not Tri- on the coaching trivia staff. Trivia time, Scott. Trivia time. All right. Thank you, Reed, for granting me that. Rob, you ready? This I'm is a ready. good one. I'm not going to ask an income. It's an Edmonton question. Okay. What team... Did Wayne Gretzky play for in between Salt St. Marie Greyhounds and the Edmonton Oilers in the WHA? Which team? Did he oh, play? Played six games. Six games he played. It's a good one. We got the Indianapolis Racers. You're up on me two to one, brother. Well, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at this sweater right now. It's you like can't right in front of me. Did you Google not, it? You can't no, it's, it's, there's, there's a sweater hanging like <laughs> 20 feet from me that's yeah. Indianapolis hey, Racers. Tell, tell your producer to keep me on so I can listen to the show because I don't yeah, have it on. Give, you know what give, I mean? uh, give Kellen your email, Scott, and I'll email you a picture of the jerseys that we have here in studio. How about, how about hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. 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 Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. How about them pats? How oh, about hey, them pats? Oh, you get, you get, get ready. They, they, they get away right. next year, too. Okay, see next Scott. year, too. <laughs> All right. Take care, Scott. That is Scott in Boston, who's become one of our well, surprising regulars all the way from Boston. He's, and, and he's a Pats fan, just like me, so all's yes. good. And I don't know, well, they're, not gonna, they're not going to fire Hitch, but I, I don't blame him for being mad. No, I'd be frustrated, too. But it, to me, th- this isn't a coaching issue. You've had two... You know, great coaches that have come through here this year that can't get this team to play the way it needs to play. So at some point, I mean, you, you fire gems, you yeah, fire the guy coaches. Yeah, and the guy who brought in the players is gone. So I don't, I don't know what they're. I, maybe, maybe I'm foolish because I've always thought. Well, recently I've been saying, I don't think the Oilers are capable of playing way better than they have been, but I do think they're capable of playing five to ten percent better. Like, am I out to lunch that they have? They can be a little bit better. No, well, or are I, they are they this? Lost. Um, no, they they can play better. To me, it's it's defensive lapses. I, I don't. They're not going to outscore teams five, four, six, five. They don't have that kind of team. But they can be better defensively. They can be better in their own zone. They can be better getting pucks in and out of the blue line, getting in on the forecheck. They can be better physically. Their penalty killing needs to be better. Their power play's been excellent. I mean, that's one positive sign. Uh, their goaltending, uh, I think Talbot is a better goaltender than what he's shown as of late. I think, I'm hoping Koskinen is. Well, but, I mean, that one, we're going to have three years yeah. to find out. Yeah, so there, uh, again, as desperate it looks, as it looks out there right now, they're, they're three points out of a playoff spot. And I think that's the positive that you got to keep looking at is as bad as the others have played as of late. There's another six teams that are playing just as bad as Well, them. I know, but that's, what, that's why I'm starting to lose a little bit of hope, though, because this easily could have been four-point stretch in three games instead of two or five, well, or five points instead of two. Yeah, but you say that, but the Philadelphia Flyers are a better team than the Edmonton Oilers right now. The Montreal Canadiens are a better team than the Edmonton Oilers right now. And the Chicago Black- Blackhawks have played better than the Oilers have over the last ten games. So I don't know if you can say that they should have got four more I, points I'm, out I'm of this. I'm referring to having third-period leads in oh. three straight games and not winning a single game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue on that one. 6-2, Chicago wins tonight. Drake Kajula back in Edmonton gets a goal. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Your first game back in Edmonton must have felt nice to score a goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anytime a, a team you know, trades you away, you want to make sure that when you come back, you kind of make a statement and uh, you know, maybe make them miss you a little bit. And, um, 
you know, I wanted to come in here and play a strong game, and I thought I did. And um, you know, I was you know rewarded with a goal, and uh, you know, definitely felt good to you know come back here and finally score one. Five goals in any period is rare, and so quickly is rare. Do you, what are you guys feeling when it's happening out there? Uh, you know, they're just feeling confident and uh, the momentum's, you know, kind of in our, going our favor and we're playing the right way and, um, you know, it makes it a lot easier when, you know, everyone's on the same page, everyone's feeling good and, um, you know, you can just kind of feel the momentum slowly turning in our in our favor, especially, you know, after the first period, a good first period and, uh, you know, the last five minutes or so wasn't our best, but second period we started to really, really push and, uh, you know, we just stuck with our game plan and was able to wear the team down and, um, you know, I think uh, we were able to crack them and, um, you know, typically five goals doesn't happen, but uh, you know, typically you're going to get two, maybe. But um, no, we're fortunate to get five today. Cam Ward's big save at the end of the second too. Is that kind of? Could you look at that as maybe a little bit of a turning point as well? Oh, absolutely. That's uh, that's a massive save. Um, instead of you know being down two going into the break, we're just down the one, and um, you know he made. Uh, not only just that save, but he kept us in there the rest of the game as well. And, um, you know, we were able to feed off that. And, uh, you know, you talk about it all the time. Uh, goalie makes a big save at the other end, and then you go down and score the other side. So, um, you know, he did a great job for us, and, uh, you know, we were able to kind of keep the momentum from there. Thank you, Drake. All right, Kyle Morris in the Blackhawks dressing room. Drake Kajula now with a couple of goals for the Blackhawks helping them beat Edmonton tonight 6-2 at Rogers Place it's 10:47. we'll take a quick timeout. we'll get in a couple more phone calls Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction you're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 6-2 to Chicago over the Oilers tonight. They get five goals in the third period, including four in a span of 248. Edmonton had a 2-1 lead after the first and second periods. Leon Dreisaitl, both goals for the Oilers, both on the power play. He's up to 31 on the season. McDavid with two assists. Nurse and Ryan Nugent Hopkins also with helpers. Dreisaitl getting the Oilers' first five-on-three goal this season. The Oilers scored on a two-man advantage with a minute 15 left in the first. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99, 780-496-0063. We have Terry standing by. Hello, Terry. How's it going tonight? Good. Listen, I've just got uh, kind of like one uh, major beef that I, I picked up on, and it's kind of a, oh, I don't know, it, uh, it, it's uh, emblematic of a lot of things. About five minutes into the second period, Chicago had their top line out the ice, and Darnell Nurse was out there to defend. And I don't know if somebody tells you, you know, uh, when you have uh, somebody else's top line out there, this may not be a good time to pinch in, especially when your odds aren't even 50-50. Sure enough, they walked around him. Never scored. But that's just kind of one thing that just irritates me uh, about Darnell Curse, I call him. And if, uh, if if I was like, you know, punch him, like I'd have nailed that guy's seat to the bench. And I don't know what the hell Hitchcock is doing because he didn't even seem to discipline him or anything. I just kept, you know, life goes on, life goes on. You know, and it's just kind of a symptomatic about some of the things that frustrate people when you when you see simple things like that. And that was a tight game at that time, like still 2-1 to one or something like that. All right, Terry, thanks. We have Doug as well, 7804960063. Go ahead, Doug. 
Yeah, Rob Reed, listen, I know we're up against the clock here. Real quick, a uh, couple observations. Uh, listening to you guys, um, I know you say we're only like three points out, four points out, three points out of the playoffs, but in all reality, guys, let's face it, we got to climb over, what, four or five clubs to, you know, to clinch uh, a spot. It's, uh, yep, that's four, tough. T- four uh, teams. Yeah, exactly. So, sorry, this is probably the wrong time to make this comment, but two weeks from now will probably be more clear, but I think we're into next year country uh, as far as uh, the team. And this team, the way we're built, uh, it's going to have to be retooled, uh, makeover, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's pretty hard to change out 10 guys in one year. It, it doesn't happen. So I guess my question going forward, uh, like I say, be fair to ask this two weeks from now. I love Hitchcock, don't get me wrong. Uh, great guy, he's our guy from town. But if we retool this team into next year, is he the right guy to be going forward? I know you're going to be having a new GM, whoever that may be, but I just think the physical grind, the mental grind, and coming in with a, 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 a retool team, uh, obviously a little bit younger in some areas, a little bit quicker hopefully in some areas, is that is that the type of team that Hitch can actually, you know, like I say, 80-game grind? And coaches don't get days off. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's every day, every day, and it's a grind. I mean, the, the, the yeah, poor Doug, guy well, can't even get on the ice anymore, right? So it's 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 you know what I'm getting at physically. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that's I don't think Hitch's physical um, condition or age is is a factor. Uh, I, I don't. I think you, it's fine asking that question now because there will be a new GM. I, I, and I think Hitch, you know, is is working as hard as he can and trying to push the right buttons. I, I would expect that there would be a, a different head coach, though, just because of a, a, a GM, probably a, a different GM coming in, and and the Oilers' outcome this season will certainly. I mean, if Hitch somehow gets him in the playoffs and they go to this third round then there's a chance. But, yeah, a new GM is going to want his coach. Yeah, and that's highly unlikely. They would, I, they would you do never that know. well. I know, I, you I know. just never know. So, I, I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't guess what's going to be in, in the future. But I think, Doug, and, and we will discuss this more as the season goes on, and especially if they continue to not make up any ground, okay, do you trade Alex Chason? Do you trade Camp Talbot? Uh, we, we're going to know in two, like in two weeks' time where the Oilers are in the standings, that's where you got to make the decisions. And they're going to be tough decisions. Um, uh, right now, the only team that's playing well in that group is the the St. Louis Blues, who now have got a couple games in hand on the Edmonton Oilers, and the Oilers are behind them. So that's a team that the Oilers don't want to let get too far ahead of them. Uh, to me, if you're a player in that dressing room with the coaching staff, you're focused on one thing, and that is the Minnesota Wild. You go into that game, and all of a sudden yeah. you win that game, you feel good about yourselves. You don't, well, then you got to move on. But uh, tonight's effort, and I'm sh- sure frustrated, a lot of people watching that game tonight because uh, after two games in a row dropping third period leads, they have a third time in a row. You thought, okay, third time's a charm, and this was by far their worst effort in a third period over the last three games. 6-2, the Blackhawks take it. You can get more on 630Ched.com. Our next broadcast is Thursday. Oilers at Minnesota, 4.30 face-off show. The game will start at 6. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Canadian Brewhouse. Overtime open line. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.